Hey, Soul TV. This is Rocky, host of Rocky's Reality, the number one podcast for unfiltered and unapologetic culture, entertainment, and relationships. Tap in live Thursdays, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as I chat with some of the dopest artists, celebrities, influencers, entrepreneurs, and more. Make sure to catch the Soul TV premiere of Rocky's Reality, Thursday, August 17th, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with my guest, Joel Steingold of Showtime's hit series, The Shy. We will be live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku. See you soon. Welcome everyone to Rocky's Reality. So as we know in a pandemic, you know, your mic is muted. So my mic was muted. <laughs> Anywho, thank you all for tuning in to my Soul TV viewers, audience, and of course, to my faithful Rocky's Reality viewers. Uh, Soul TV, you all will definitely get to know more about me, but just buckle your seatbelts, get ready for the number one podcast for culture, entertainment, and relationships. We have some great shows coming up. And tonight's guest, before I get into it, I just got to put out there that uh, we've been knowing each other a very long time. So if we get nostalgic on you guys, if we go down memory lane a little bit, just bear with us because you know how it is when someone has been your folks, for your peeps for a long time. So I am going to bring into the studio now, Mr. Joel Steingold. What's up, everybody? Hey, Joe. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. And I am honored that you are joining me for the on the premiere on Soul TV, by the way. All right. Um, yeah, Soul TV. Inaugural, inaugural Negro episode. Okay. Listen, let's do it. Let's do it. And we are filtering and unapologetic on here. So y'all oh, so listen. Can huh? We can cuss. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, good. good. Yes, yes, shit, goddamn, but yes, yes, Yo, get yes. it out of the way. Just get it Listen, out. Listen, um, like I said, unfiltered and unapologetic. So, if y'all the church folk on here, if y'all, you know, we'll get to the church announcements later. But for now, we gonna get into it. So, I'm gonna introduce my guest. Joel Steingo is an actor, voiceover artist. Uh, just I, I, I babysit and I do hair. Right? Okay, good. Yeah. I'm gonna say floral. Expert or extraordinaire, and you babysit and does hair, even though he, no. he ain't got to worry about none of his own. No, but the back, the back hair, though, the back hair got to make sure it's laid. You know what I mean? You can't just be walking around here with some nappy, unkempt back hair. You know what I mean? This Listen, is, it's 2023. Right. Get it right, get <laughs> so it right. Do you have a brush for your back hair? Long, long, longest brush, custom made. I love it. I love it, Joel. No. So if you all do not know, Joel has been putting in work for a long time. Joel has been an actor going on like 23, 24 years now. Yeah, man. Well, I joined I joined SAG in 99. So shoot, I've been I've been a SAG member for 24 years now. I love it. So you're official, y'all. He's not just somebody, you know, in the on the chitlin circuit. Joel is official. Right. You may I mean, have seen him in ain't nothing wrong with a chitlin if you clean it right, you know. <laughs> Oh, oh. Place for everything is all okay. I can't do the chit list though. Y'all might have to take my black card for that one because I don't do chit list, but no, uh, me neither. But you know, don't I don't it, judge those that enjoy 
Listen, put a little hot sauce on it. Put a little hot sauce on it. <laughs> but you all may have seen Joel in How to Get Away with Murder, Shameless, which that scene from Shameless, I'm still reverting back to. Like, I was like, is that my classmate, Joel? With, on the, on the, that scene, just you know what I'm talking booty, about? Booty just out. You, you, right, you and Fiona up on the desk. I'm like, ooh. Uh, but you've also seen him in The Muppets, Hawaii Five O, and then your most recent is the crossover Disney Plus. You've been mm -hmm. that was that was fairly. Oh, hold up, I was the bartender in the Ray J video. Wait a minute, in two thousand two, I mean, you acted like that. Hey, come on, man. Oh, I mean, do Little Kim, do one with Little Kim. I love it. Shout out to Ray J, and Little Kim. But most recently, you all have seen Joel on The Shy. With shout out to, I wish I, again, I'm going to have to give a shout out and hand claps to The Shy on Showtime. I have to say, I love how the show has evolved. Six seasons in. Big six. We like like a game of dominoes. We big six up in here. I love it. Because around season three. Or I don't know how I just went on mute again. Um, around season three or four, I was like, okay, I don't know if I keep watching this. But that was around the season you joined, right? Yeah, I started season three. They brought my character in season three. Okay, and so Marcus St. John, who is a, polit a politician. because <laughs> ah, he's, po he's politically motivated, but he likes to work behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, he do a lot of stuff behind mm -hmm. the scenes, uh, mm -hmm. behind the scenes. So I love how the show has evolved. Shout out to Lena Waithe, how she has just just molded that show and just made it into something great um, and even greater how you are the characters as well. Joe, I love that. So I want to take a little trip down memory lane to when you first, well, what, not when you first, but one of the first scenes that we saw mm -hmm. from the show, because uh, you're Gemma's dad. Gemma daddy. Like Gemma's that's, dad. Most people, most people don't know my character's name. They just be like, that's Gemma daddy. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. I was like, what is always oh, Marcus St. John? Wow. Right. Yeah. So I had to I had to refresh my memory too. I, yeah, because Gemma, that little heifer. I yeah, she's bad. Let me tell you, her she ain't she ain't her parents that they ain't from Detroit. Because a Detroit parent would have whooped that ass. They they would have, you know what I mean? That's that's the interesting thing about being an actor. There's like what your character will do and then what you would do, and sometimes you have to separate yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I, was, you have to. I said the Joel that I know. So by the way, y'all, Joel and I have literally known each other since fourth grade. I have to say that because I'm proud every time, like how it's full circle that mm -hmm. we've come from Go Lightly Educational Center to Cast mm -hmm. Tech. Original Ooh. G unit, original G unit, Go Lightly. What's up? Listen, <laughs> then Cast Tech second to none. If you all don't know, Google those schools, two of the mm -hmm. best in the nation. But I had to look, I was like, I know damn well, Joel. Mm -hmm would not be and i know your mama because i met your real mama yeah i was like i know that wouldn't have been no yeah. this behavior which yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge a lot of actors have you know you get the script you know uh and you know you have your writers your team of writers and they have their ideas of, of how they see the character how they see that scene and then how you would see it and then you know sometimes you do i do fight for certain moments them like mm, this just doesn't make sense and then, you know, but you got to pick your battles because you can't okay. really get it all your your way because there's, like I said, there's how your character would respond to something or say something and then how Joel and they don't always, you know, if you're playing um, a homicidal serial killer, you can't be like, well, Joel wouldn't, well, Joel was not a serial killer. So you have to remove yourself from it. But also, you know, 
I feel like as black folks, we, there's another layer of representation that we feel uh, invested in as far as how we want to see uh, black characters on television. So there's another layer of responsibility to the craft and to the art of storytelling. Okay, love that. And I do, and that's what I love about the shot, how it's authentic, mm -hmm. how it portrays the good, the bad, the beautiful and the ugly of black relationships, of black love, of parenthood. Um, I love the LGBTQ aspect. I love how Lena Waithe, um, she doesn't just tiptoe around that. I love how she makes, it's not just their LGBTQ, but they are real people. And yeah. that just them being gay or transgender is just only a part of who they are. Mm -hmm. So I love that aspect on the show. Um, and I love how you all also show real aspects of what's happening, how you all talked about defunding the police, how you all just talked about crime in the neighborhood and just teen pregnancy, how that, like, y'all done went there on a gamut of topics. And I just love how thorough that is. So again, let's right quick. If you all have been watching The Shy, you know, this is, a, this is around season four. And this is when Gemma and Kevin <laughs> was still kicking it because we know now she with Nate. Mm -hmm. So let's watch this clip right quick. Oh, this little Negro think he's slick. St. John? Morning, Kevin. Come on. You read the paper, young man? No, I get my news from the shade room. So you didn't see the Tribune this morning, huh? No, sir. Bunch of kids that look just like you burned down a few local businesses last night. It's front page news this morning. And you're bringing that up because... Because white folks are going to read this and assume something about us that's not true. Who cares about what white folks think? If this kind of shit keeps happening, the Olympics will never come to Chicago. Dad, nobody cares about the Olympics. I like the Olympics. Really, Kevin? What? Everybody likes the Olympics. So that's why you're mad at those kids for burning down the city. Nobody wants to come to a place where they don't feel safe. And who's supposed to make us feel safe? The police? Not all police are bad. Mm, spoken like a true capitalist. Oh, that's right. Capitalism is the root of all evil. Well, I'll remember that the next time you want me to buy you a Chanel purse. <laughs> no, you know. Okay, so that little that that mouth on Gemma. Yeah, she's a little spicy. Sorry, you don't have any children currently, right? No. Okay, but he's he's the uncle, y'all. He will babysit and do hair, by the way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So how did you prepare there. for the role to be a teen, the father of a teen in, in Chicago? Mm, I mean, I think for me, I mean, being an uncle to you know some teenage 
kids and some adult kids and young kids. Uh, I think that gave me some great preparation. I also was a substitute teacher for 10 years uh, here in L.A., L.A. Unified School District for high school. So I was, you know, Mr. S, Mr. Steingold to a bunch of teenagers for, like I said, 10 years. So I had plenty of classroom experiences dealing with uh, teenagers. So I felt like that was fertile ground for uh, character preparation. Okay. Love that. Love that. And so now that we are in season six of the show, mm-hmm. how do you feel about how your character has evolved? Because for a minute there, it was touch and go, Joe. For a minute there, I was wondering, I said, it's about oh, when I almost died? Yes. Yes. I was, you was laying on that floor. I was like, oh my God. And, and do, which, by the way, dude is so savage. I, what, I'm sorry. I'm uh, forgetting the actor's name in real life, but he oh, is a uh, Curtis. Yes, he is a savage. And yeah. I, I was screaming at the TV when he was hitting you. I was like, don't be hit Joe like that. Yeah. Don't be hit Joe. I was like, get up, Joe. Beat his ass. I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up. I was in a coma for a little bit, but they brought me back. And it was, they told me, the producers told me at the beginning of the season, like, just so you know, you're going to get beat within an inch of your life, but you will survive. So that was, you know, breath of fresh air as, as an actor. That's some you know, we love a little job security, so it's nice to uh, to find out that, um, you know, your character lives on. Okay. Fight another day. So they let you know at the beginning of the season, you're going to get your ass beat this season, but you're you going to live through it. But you're going to live. Okay. Gonna live. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And that, that wasn't a bad episode, especially the, uh, what was it, the finale when uh, you see my character in the hospital. It was nice. Uh, I didn't have any lines. That that episode. It was great to show up to work and be like, so I just be a I'll just be a body in the hospital. Cool. You don't you no prep necessary. No need to memorize lines. I need to rehearse. So you know, it's not all bad when you um when you're an actor and your character gets beat down and you get to be um in an episode where you get to just lay down. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that? that's not bad. You getting paid to yeah. Basically, I, I be can, super work. Getting paid to just later and at yeah so okay now i want to fast forward to that was the clip we just saw that was from season four now we are in season six so mm. what are your thoughts on how your character has involved he evolved mm. well because now he's not messing with duda no more not messing with duda although i mean there's me as joel personally hopes that there's some sort of retribution that happens eventually i mean you let somebody come in your house he comes he comes in my character's house Beats me with his cane. Uh, the tape is leaked to the police, and he's just out here walking around. Exactly, because you know if he was a D boy, he that would have been handled. No yes. diss to the Chicago uh, gangsters, but that if he was a D, listen. So I hope to get some retribution. But so do not we don't we don't deal with each other anymore. Um, and as far as evolution, if you have watched episode one, episode one and episode two are mm-hmm. out now, streaming mm-hmm. on Paramount Plus and Showtime, so check it out. Um, episode one, you are mm, very, um, you were thrust. Yeah, we were stimulated. I, I got a little, yeah, I got a little peek. Into that I, the yeah. world of my new romantic relationship, so I finally have a love interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Is season. it a love or a lust interest? Uh, well, you you'll have to you have to watch to find out if it is just a fling thing or if it's a real relationship. I can't give you all the tea right now, um, mm-hmm. but you 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 get to meet my romantic partner uh, this season. So 
uh, last season, season five, most of Marcus, most of Marcus's scenes were with Gemma, my daughter. It's pretty much just me and my daughter, me and my daughter, me and my daughter all season. Before that, it was me and my daughter and me and Duda working with him with the mayor's office. So now we get to see me and my daughter and me and my new love interest. So it's nice to step into the romantic and relationship lane on the show. Because I told Lena, our show creator, I said, everybody fucking on the shot but me. Me, right? Hey. <laughs> Wait a minute. Joe, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, Joe, like, I do Can he get can, the kids on the show? Right. Even, I'm going to say the kids even fucking. They even Just getting it in. Can I, can I get a stroke? Just uh, this... Or two or three. Like, no, right. let's not get greedy. Let's not get greedy. Like a few, right? I, listen, I'm glad you advocated for yourself. Cause Thank you. Said, you know what I mean? I, that's what I was going to We said, need, you know, I need to make sure I stand up for positive male body images you know, on television. You know, I don't do this for me. <laughs> do it for the brothers out there. Right. You forgot about Listen, represent. So I wanted to play right quick. Um, I was trying to get a clip of season six. And I couldn't get an official they release. And I asked I, for it. They're not releasing nothing yet. Hey, I listen. That's okay though. We improvised, and so I did a little screen record just to show a little snippet of you. Oh, unless you want me to do one of my scenes live, just well, I'll, I'll be. Hey, Gemma, don't do. No, I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm not. <laughs> listen, if you want to, hey, if you wanted to do, oh, listen, do you? Do you? You the guest? No, this is jokes. This is jokes. I bet at it. I bet it. But let me, I'm going to play this right quick. I, I got creative and I did a little screen record of a promo that Paramount Plus <laughs> did. For y'all, right quick. Hacking the internet. Marcus, is, this is modern technology at play. Marcus is on here about for about three seconds, but this is like a quick little, and it's going to loop a little bit because I want you all to kind of see. You queen, like hearing your air fryer in the background, like why you recording the, like that, right? Okay. I <laughs> don't. No, no, it's gonna be the sound from the show. Okay. I, I go, I go leave you. I'm, but it is gonna loop. It is gonna loop okay. a little bit. But it ain't gonna be no background noise because it's screen recorded. So y'all, so y'all go see uh, Marcus's love, or, or really love. Hmm. You don't know. I don't, you I don't know. really like her. So I'm, a, I'm gonna stop because I don't out. Let it play out. Her, okay. Because her character gives me. I don't trust her ass. What's the character say? Um, wow, why you make me think, um, um, Tierra? <laughs> See, you don't love her, you don't even know her name. But, but, uh, We've been on strike, I had to look. <laughs> but you know who, um, the actress's you know name her? is Nia. Look up. You said what? Actress's name is Nia. Character okay, Nia. shout out to her. And she her is a and Gemma do look a lot alike. A lot of people don't say. they? I, that is that is me and what my friends were saying. We was like, this that was good casting because she looked like she could be Gemma Mama, even right. though we know you and Gemma's mama are divorced. Right. And you have full custody. So are we? Uh, no, you know what? I'm just, I'm just dropping dirty seeds. Look, look, look at you. Tainted Monsanto seeds. Uh you know, see. Okay, because bad. I went back and watched the episode where you said that. Y'all was at the dinner table when you were trying to give her that cake. But yeah. maybe, but no, no, no. She's not. She's, she's not. But I'm, I'm curious to find out more about our relationship. Because remember, we've only right at this point we've only shot half the season. This season we have 16 episodes. We usually have 10. 
So Showtime ordered 16 episodes. We shot eight, then the strike happened. Mm. So we have eight more to shoot. So there's a whole lot that's about to go on this season that I have no insight. So y'all going to do like a break and then you're going to resume? Yeah, a forced break because, you know, we were supposed to take a two-week break, but then the strike happened. So Right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's get into this clip right quick. Right quick, you all. Ready for this? Mm, exactly. Chill, bro. Get out my business. Next time, just say that so we don't gotta go back and forth. And you definitely need to be your own boss because you don't like taking orders from nobody. No, I just don't like taking orders from you. <laughs> I think I'm gonna choose to be by myself on that note. You know, I'm the only woman in this house that should be calling you daddy. I am not ready for this. Mm, exactly. Chill, bro. Get out my business. Next time, just say that so we don't got to go back and forth. And you definitely need to be your own boss because you don't like taking orders from nobody. No, I just don't like taking orders from you. <laughs> I think I'm going to choose to be by myself on that day. Okay, I just let it loop to, so that they could see the part where Gemma was like, I'm the only one who should be calling you that. And you have to watch episode one to find out what she's referring to. Ooh. If you ain't seen it. Because that was a, that was a, so yeah, y'all need to catch up because it is on episode two. So do you know how many episodes you're going to be in this season, Joel? I, we shot eight out of the eight, I believe I'm in four of them. Okay. Might be five. I, I, I have uh, mastered the art of like, putting out my mind. Like once the episode is over, Thinking back, I'm like, who directed that episode again? Was I in that episode? I have to go back and look at emails. Because, okay. I mean, I, honestly, as an actor, it's like I'm always like trying to get that, you know, next job and auditioning for other stuff. And fortunately, you have other, you know, shows that I'm on and doing voiceover work. So a lot of times I'm like, I just have to write down notes or just keep a record in my email. But I think I am in four of the eight that we've shot so far. So we'll okay. find out how many more I'm in. Because what happens as an actor when you, I, I, I'm a recurring character on the show, so I'm not a series regular. I'm not like one of the main characters. Mm. Uh, so I'm what's called a recurring guest star. So they negotiate my contract at the beginning of the season, and then uh, they always negotiate a certain minimum number of episodes that I'm in. Mm. So whatever the minimum minimum is, through your agent negotiates that. Is that what happens? Like when you do your contract and all that? Okay. Yeah, and okay. but they, I can always do more. Right. But there's always a minimum set, even if, for, let's just say for some reason they decided we're going to kill this character off at episode three, but I'm guaranteed six. You're guaranteed six, so they got to pay you no matter what happens. Hmm. So it's just basically a little bit of security as a performer. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, but the, the beautiful thing is, I will say every season that I've been on The Shy, whatever they have guaranteed me, they've always given me more episodes. So I love it. Shout out to I mean, our writers, producers, and uh, our showrunner, Justin. Okay. Okay. So at this point, what role does Lena Waithe play? Is she just executive producer still, or how does that? She's executive producer, of course, creator of the show. And, uh, you know, she still has her finger on the pulse. Uh, I would say more than just her finger on the pulse. She is guiding the blood flow. Yeah, because I saw some clips. It looks like she's very hands-on. She is. I mean, every, every table read, she's you know she has her hand in every script. Uh, at least, you know, guiding the direction of the story. She is on with us for every table read. Uh, so she is very hands-on as mm. far as uh, the direction of the show, how the stories are told, uh, which characters um, 
are developed and in which way. So she, yeah, she's mm -hmm. very handsome. I love that. So give us a little insight um, on what we can expect from season six. I know you can't spill all the tea, but just can we get a little something, Joe, for old time's sake, mm -hmm. since we are old friends, can you get, just give a little something that we can expect besides Duda's stinking ass shenanigans? I'm so sick yes. of him. He's the character. He's become the character on the show that you want to see him die. Like when I, when he got shot, I really wanted him to die. But then he lived. He lived. He lived. Well, there's going to be a reverse episode where actually all the characters are white and we get to. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You got to see the white Chicagoans and they're so it's going to be black. shameless. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Pretty much it's going to be an episode of Shameless. Um, but I will say one thing that I'm very proud of this season is the way that. Black men show up for each other on the show, and that's mm -hmm. all I can say. But okay. it, is, it is a really beautiful way to see these characters. Uh, number one, uh, there's uh, these characters get to meet each other that haven't met each other in previous seasons because you know there's different storylines, and sometimes mm -hmm. storylines don't intersect. So in the past, there are several characters who Marcus, my character, never interacts with, and we get to see a little bit more of that this season. Uh, Storylines crossing, and we get to see black men support each other, support each other in a very healthy and unique way on television. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm really surprised, I'm very, very proud of uh, to be a part of. Yeah. I love that, and I do want to shout out. Just take a brief moment to shout out to everyone who's watching. Dan the man said, "What's up, Marcus?" Shout out to Carol, yeah. Dan the man, yeah. Vanita, Ron, Janine, everyone watching. Really excited you guys are watching thank you so much you for watching so, i can't see who's watching right <laughs> only you can see who's watching yeah <laughs> yeah i mean unless you pull up the the live or um the the live video you might be able to see some of the um i don't know if you can click where it says comments on your stream yard you should be able to click oh, it's oh there it is okay there, I didn't you know. okay there you go but so i'm gonna even you gave us a little tea, but okay, let's take that a little further. Dan was asking what makes season six different than the previous five. I think the one thing that makes it the most different is like I mentioned that uh, a lot of uh, storylines start to cross. So characters mm. get to meet each other and interact with each other. that haven't interacted before mm. um, because uh, in the past, some certain characters have been like silo, like their storyline has kind of been mm -hmm. over here and another group of characters is over here. Uh, and there, uh, there's a lot more mixing of storylines going on this season. So that's one major change between mm, definitely a lot of mixing from season five. Mm -hmm. Definitely mm -hmm. not a lot of mixing. Mm -hmm. He was mixing it up for, for real. Though. He was mixing it up. Though. So I want to go back to what you said about men supporting each other. And I love to see that on screen. Yeah. That's part of why I loved Queen Sugar. Because it shows like that, how they show black men vulnerable. They showed them being strong. They showed them being educated. And I love how on the shy is showing black men who are entrepreneurs, who Marcus, he is still advocating for black businesses. He still is. I like how you're still on that thing where, you know, we got to support these black businesses. Um, and I like the scene with Emmett and his dad, when his mm -hmm. dad was trying to school him on some things. Now his character, I really love how he has matured and got his shit oh, together yeah, yeah. and married. Um, oh my God, her name is leaving me, but married Emma's mama. Mm -hmm. So I really Jada. like, 
Um, yes, Jada. Yes, yes. Uh, so I really, I like that. And I love how the teenagers are just whole little grown people now. Mm -hmm. uh, Gemma is a whole uh, manager. Mm -hmm. You know how she just, you know, just all, I love how it's evolving. Um, I don't know if I really agree with Kevin having his own place because you still a baby, but okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, this is 2023. Um, so I'm really uh, loving how the show has evolved. So shifting a little bit, I want to ask though, Joe, can you give us some insight about this writer strike? Like in layman's terms as viewers, what this means and just letting them know it's not just the writers being assholes. Like this is a serious and valid um, struggle. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing that they're fighting for is protection from AI, you know, being uh, pr production companies, uh, or producers being able to take to take previous scripts written, feed them into an AI software, and be able to pump out scripts that are created by computers. So that's one thing writers are fighting for uh, protection against. Uh, another thing are these what they're called mini writers rooms, miniature writers rooms, where they're essentially trying to use uh, less writers in a shorter period of time to pump out. A good amount of content to pump out a good amount hmm. of scripts so they want protection from you know not being overworked and underpaid and then uh you know also making sure that they get uh the proper residuals that are attached to uh their um, their content that they write right and so let's so can you give me like an example of like does a writer get paid per script do they have like a contract where they get a, a like a set amount or how does that usually work with writers as far as them getting paid? Yeah. So typically writers get like a flat rate per season and then uh, they also get a flat rate when they write an episode. So oftentimes in a writer's room, a writer will, you know, each season may get like one show that they write. They're the head writer for that show. So they get a chunk of money for writing that and then they get an overall um uh, paycheck for writing the entire season. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what are we looking at this fall then, Joel? What is what is what is the fall season? So wait a minute, the shy is gonna be going into the fall season, right? Because you said y'all got eight more. Y'all got we, six. Well, we have, we have, yeah, well we have we've aired two. So we have six more that have already been shot and edited that will air. Uh episode three will air this Friday. And we won't start shooting the back half, the back eight, until the strike is over. So we don't know when that's going to be. So we rumors are that that you know the strike will be over by fall. So when it comes to new fall shows, unless they were already shot before the strike, um, you won't be seeing many new fall shows. So that means on streaming services too, right? Because this doesn't. Yeah. This is not just network. People need to understand. It's not just. Like network it's all TV, platforms. it's all platforms. Right. So you'll you'll be lucky if if these shows were already shot before the strike, then you're in good shape. Otherwise, you'll probably see reruns and or a lot of reality television. What's that? That be scripted too sometimes, but uh, yeah, but well, it is scripted, but not, way, but not by writers who are in the guild. It's kind of you know scripted okay. by producers who are like, oh, let's push the story in this direction, but it, it's not right. scripted like written out you say this right. like here are some scenarios that we want to try to create and make it seem like it's real okay 
Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna post this question. Um, thank you for the insight because I, I get it, but I just want try to our viewers to understand that it's not just the writers, you know, as a creative, that is often a struggle that we have, right? Where people are trying to use our talent and mm -hmm. capitalize off our talent. And pay the getting... least and then for them to make the most. Yeah. So um and you have yeah. to realize too that with streaming, a lot of uh, television seasons have been cut down. You know, back in the day when you were watching network television series, it would be 23 episodes. Right, right. And now you see a lot of streaming series are, you know, eight episodes, 10 episodes. Right. Yeah. So you imagine as a writer, after you're done with that season, okay, that's 10 episodes. That's They're not making enough money to live for the, for the entire year. So they have to go and get another job and work on a different show. So there's, there, there are more jobs available, but then that's more jobs that you have to go out and fight for. So if you have a situation, like I mentioned, these miniature writing rooms where they're trying to overwork you and underpay you, that starts to become stressful and it, start, it makes it hard to live to make a livable wage. Hmm. Right. Exactly. So, OK, Dan, the man has another question. He says, did Marcus hire Zay as some type of undercover cop to take Duda out? We can only <laughs> hope. Something going on with that character. Is Zay like the um, boy who shot? I think he's the one living with Papa and his family, right? I'm thinking. No, that's um, Mikey. Um, okay. Mikey, well, Mikey's the actor. Um, okay. Um, no, Zay, I think Zay is uh, one of the new characters who's part of, uh, he's one of um, Duda's goons. But okay. no, I, as far as I know, uh, Marcus has no connection to that character. Okay. All right. Because we could only hope. And, call. and so he said, also, if Duda gets taken out this season, will Burke, Reg, or even Zay come in to fill the villain role? I have no idea. You got to ask our writers or, or you just... We could only hope. Watch. Continue to watch. We can only hope. I love, I love so, Then the man, he like, give me something. You know, I, if I knew the answer to that, I couldn't tell you. I like that. I don't want to know. Keep, keep, yeah, I get it. Yeah, keep them coming, though, Dan, because we like, mm, what's because of these different angles. And, um, quick little spoiler alert Lynn Whitfield has entered the building. Yeah, Legend. okay, Legend shout alert. out to Ve listen, shout out Josephine to veteran actors. You said what? So, we got Josephine Baker. She to me, she is Josephine Baker. That's what I remember. Listen, she okay. Josephine. I've only got to uh, meet her once. We haven't had any scenes together, but we were checking in our hotel at the same time in Chicago. So I got to so say what's up like? to her, give her her flowers real quick. Uh, to be in the presence, she is a legend. Like, what is that like? What? What? I mean, mm -hmm. did you do? You, did you like get the the fan? Did you did have a fan guy moment? Like, you know, I I mean. I try to keep it cool, you know what I mean. But I was, I was definitely, you know, excited to meet her because you know she's a, a legend in my mind. But you know, just wanted to give her her flower and also keep it short. You never know, people coming from a long flight. Then I, I right, right. a conversation. So just you know, basically, I wanted to, you know, if I would say this, it felt cool to be in a position where I could sort of welcome her to our cast because mm -hmm. you know when you're on a show for you know a few seasons, you're part of that family, part of the fabric of the show. So it was nice to could just to just walk up to her and say, you know, I'm one of the cast members, just wanted to welcome you to our show, happy to have you. So that's a beautiful position to be in, to be part of a family of a show and then welcome a legend, you know what I mean? 
Oh my goodness. Cause when she came down the steps, I said, look at, I said, wait, Lynn. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, why does she always play like a sinister role? Like I love her, but she always yeah. come with the, she, it's Good like she that. has this elegance, but then it's also like, oh, yeah. Ooh, we scared of her. Cause she's Rob's mama, by the way. So I'm like, Ooh, Ooh. So, okay. I want to switch to the other things that you do because you are a voice a magnificent voiceover actor joel i'm trying to remember the recent campaign you had was it with the detroit pistons or it was, oh, that, was little, that was a little while ago i was the voice of fox sports for a while and i got to do some um stuff for the pistons and red wings so that was beautiful to do anything related to my hometown detroit is always uh, a special thing uh but uh so yeah i do a lot of different type of voiceover work um, uh, right now I'm the voice of spectrum cable. So you have a spectrum cable in your area. You probably hear my, my voice on those spots. I'm doing some voiceover work for Chevy, uh, for, for the last few weeks. It's a big campaign that they're putting together. And, uh, what over the, I mean, I've done stuff for McDonald's, Whataburger. Um, I'm trying to remember all the stuff I've done. I mean, I've done video games, um, a little bit of animation, but uh, yeah, and a, a whole lot of TV and radio spots, Mazda. Um, I think that's yeah, that's that's, that's the gist of it. You don't want to hear me just uh, rattle off. I mean, I love it. Bring the resume. I, these are some reputable brands, though. So, so when it describe that moment, Joel, when you knew you wanted to be an actor, because I always knew you were like you were always. I always remembered you as gregarious. Um, you were one of the few kids who didn't tease me in school, y'all. Because I, I, I was a fat girl in school. Huh? I was busy getting teased. <laughs> right. We was in that boat, right? I so, was not. I remember I remember going on field trips and then, you know, they're playing dare in the back of the bus. And I remember some girl, they were like, you playing? She was like, is Joel playing? And they were like, no, he's not playing. She was like, all right, I play. I was like, damn, I'm right here. I can hear you. Right, right. Right, so I, get it. I get it. Okay, so but your question was when? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, no, I get it. We share some of those similar experiences. Middle school was was it was tough. It was tough. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I know, did, have you had a moment where it's like back then you ain't know me, now you all up on me? I I know you've had that. You had few, a few, not a lot, but a few. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So, what was the moment? Because, like, like I was saying, um, I always knew you were like gregarious and just like laughing and just just a, a good guy and i remember your mom's energy she was just like such a sweet spirit mm. and she was one of those parents who would speak to the kids she wouldn't just come with her nose up like i'm not speaking she would just be like so engaged uh, and i just loved her spirit so what was the moment for you that you knew you wanted to be an actor um it was two moments it was 11 years old, taking my first acting class and just, you know, feeling like I had um, a knack for adding emotion to text, adding emotion to the script. And I remember doing a, a play in elementary school at Golightly in, in the lunchroom. I played like the garbage heap or something like that. And just being on stage and having people laugh at you or with you uh and engage a crowd just always felt very comfortable to me mm -hmm. you know what i mean being to be a part of telling a story that entertains people mm -hmm. was something i felt like i wanted a part of 
Mm. So talk about your journey a little bit, because we we did talk about it, but to the new viewers, it mm. was a struggle. You weren't an overnight success. You had some um, professors who pretty much said you shouldn't have been an actor. They kicked you out of the program. Like kind of give a give a uh, now that you you know things are going well. I know you can look back on that and 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 reflect. Yeah, um, there was a lot of you know adversity to deal with along my path as an actor. Uh, I went to out of high school. I went to a very um, competitive acting program, and they cut me after the second year. They cut quite a few students every year, but they told me that I wasn't cut out to be an actor and that I should consider something else. So, you know, that was devastating, but I took some time off, did some soul searching and re-enrolled at Wayne State and studied theater there and got to get a lot of um, uh, stage experience and never looked back from, from that moment and was fortunate enough to join Screen Actors Guild in my senior year at Wayne State, moved to LA about a year and a half later Thought I was going to be a star within two years and then move back to Detroit, run for mayor. That was the plan when I was like 23 uh, and had, you know, a rude awakening. Uh, did not become a star mm. in two years. I am not a star now, uh, but uh, started waiting tables, was substitute teaching. And that lasted for about 14 years. And then I was fortunate the last I would say six to seven years to uh, finally cobble together a career as a professional on camera and voiceover actor. So it, it was a lot of ups and I know there was, I would get acting jobs all along the way, but not enough to sustain myself financially. Mm -hmm. And Dan, the man is like, we need to get you to voice one of the transformers. That would be interesting. Right. I mean, you know, you know, he need to be from Detroit. He need to be like a cutlass. <laughs> <laughs> the Quavius, the Quavius from the east side, he a cutlass. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think so. Not the cutlass from the from the Negroidaline galaxy, like, you know, over on the east side of the galaxy. Listen, you know what I, mean? I, I think I think we need to make that happen, there, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so, Dan is also asking if the writers and actors do strike a deal, how would that benefit the indie filmmakers trying to break in? I think it would, you know, create a framework to make sure that uh, actors and writers are treated and paid fairly. Yeah, need to because there's a lot of great indie films out there. Mm -hmm. I, I I have to say, really, from someone who has been watching movies since The Godfather, okay, mm -hmm. since those days, since Scarface days, mm -hmm. um, I, I I've recently within the past i say five to six years indie filmmakers have really i've seen some indie films that are way better than big big hollywood yeah. blockbuster yeah. films like it's so, I, mean, my, my, I always believe that creativity trumps cash you have a fantastic story and you're fortunate enough to get a really good director director of photography and a cast like the sky's the limit so yeah i mean yeah. everything from something like moonlight to back in the day, Blair Witch Project, where somebody mm. was like, how can we create the buzz around this mm. independent project? Well, let's make it seem like it was found footage and that this really happened. And it was, it was all shaky, like shot on right. a camcorder, and it became this huge success. So creativity always trumps cash. So, mm, I love that. Creativity always times, trumps like, cash. films are more engaging and more interesting than a big studio film. Mm -hmm. Love it. And yes, indeed, Dan, he is a star in Rocky's reality. He is a star to me. I mean, 
Exactly. He is a star to us on this show. Oh, well, thank so. you. <laughs> so for you, um, and again, shout out to everyone who was watching. Um, so for you, Joel, what has been your favorite role thus far that you've played? My favorite role thus far? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, favorite meaning as far as the time I had Playing the character, however, however you define favorite, was what was your favorite character mm. for whatever reason? I would probably say um, working with the Muppets. Okay, because that's classic. Yeah. yeah, it's classic. I mean, it's like yeah. you know our it, childhood. Was, yeah, yeah, that was such a big part of my childhood, our childhood, and so to be there on set with the Muppets was it was probably one of the only times when I wasn't. In a scene that I was still on set, just watching, just watching, mm. the watching the puppeteers. Mm. So that was, yeah, that was really special. Right, I love that. Okay, and so what has been your most challenging role? My most challenging role. Mm, there's a project. It hasn't come out. I don't think it's come out. It's called California Love. It was an indie that I shot and I played a character who had some substance abuse issues. So that was probably the most challenging character. It was the father of the of the um the main character. Mm. Yeah, I don't that's the thing about actors, uh or that's the thing about filmmaking. Filmmaking isn't really a medium for actors. You know, as an actor you have very little control over mm. the editing process. You have very little control over how it's marketed, when it's released, how it's released, after you do your performance, there's so many elements to the process that are in other people's hands. Um, and also, you know, and people don't share with you often like, oh, just so you know, we're deciding to release this on this day versus this day. Or ah. So you sometimes left up to chance if you find out about uh, a project's release or not. When it's a major project, like, you know, something like <clears throat> The Shy that's on a major network like Showtime, or major streaming platform like Showtime, um, of course you have you have a much greater possibility of finding out information. But if it's an indie, it's a little a little tougher. So yeah, but I would to answer your question. It was a project called California Love. And so why was that? What what made it challenging? To have to step into the shoes of a person who has a substance abuse problem. You know, you just have to go to some darker places as an actor. Yeah, I can imagine. So wait a minute, I want to go back to where you said television isn't really, I forgot the verbiage you said, but it's not really a, ver a vehicle for actors. Filmmaking and television isn't really a vehicle for actors. It's not It's not a medium for actors. It's a so medium more for like writers. stage would be? Would, I yeah, mean, because you have complete control over what performance the audience sees. Mm. You know, there's no mm. safety net. You're out there, you know, once the curtain opens, the show is gone. And it doesn't mm -hmm. stop until the curtain falls. Nobody's editing no, your no lines. Way. Right. No. Okay. Hmm. Um, and so like, I would say, you know, we do multiple takes in television and film. So let, let's say you like, oh, take two. I was feeling it. I was locked in. That was my best take. But the director is like, no, nah, actually, I like take four. You're like, well, but, and, but that isn't a conversation that you're going to have. You don't know which take they're going to pick mm. once they get into, you know, the editing process. 
And then do you rewatch it? Like, do you rewatch it? Sometimes do you like as you watched season? Yeah. I mean, do you watch it, rewatch it? Like, damn, I wish I would did that different, or I wish they would have. Yeah. Most actors feel like we could have always done it better. Right. So yeah, when I when I uh, watch it at home, I would say typically I watch every episode uh, of The Shy or episode I do about two times. The first time kind of just watch the whole episode. And then the second time to kind of just pick apart my performance and see what I could have done differently or better. Mm. So is there a role you would not play, Joe? Mm, uh, yeah, I would I know some actors are like, I'm not going to play a gay role. I'm not going to play a murderer. I won't play, you know, a, a, a preacher. You know, they have like certain actors that say, I'm not going to play a certain role. That's, that's just, get, you know, they might have a certain principle or... My thing is, I, I don't want to play a role of a character that I would say denigrates the opinion of, of Black folks. I don't want to do anything that is going to be embarrassing to my race. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much a line I won't cross. If I feel like this is coonery or anything close to that, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in characters that are, you know, two-dimensional or are very stereotypical i'm like there's plenty of plenty of projects already out like that so go watch that right 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 and again shout out to everyone who's watching hey one of our fellow go gec people joseph patrick mm -hmm. checking in, hey, hey. in the house. what's up joseph thank you for tapping in and shout out to tamika renee for tapping in really appreciate what's all up, of you watching love it love it so Joe, I got to get a little personal because okay. somebody was asking me. Mm -hmm. He was like, do he got a girlfriend? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if he got a boo. I'm going to ask. So can we inquiring minds want to know. The ladies want to know, Joe, because you know, especially that first episode. Yeah. You know, the ladies was like, oh, Marcus St. John. Ooh. So my girl was like, girl, you want to have... He was he was get, he was putting it down on that first episode. I said yes. I said so. I yeah. No rings and things, bro. No rings and things. I mean, is it a girlfriend? Are we are we dating? Are we no rings and things, bro? Okay. <laughs> okay. I guess they say if you if you're uh, not married, you're single. So I guess that means okay. I'm single. Okay. All right, y'all. Right, so y'all, that that's you know. Listen, shoot your shot. Jump in his DM or, or whatever. Pew, pew, pew. You know, just listen. Listen. And what was so as a single man, Joe, how do you feel about that women shooting a shot at you? Are you open to that? A woman shooting her shot at you? Or I guess the way she shot shoots it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, my my thing is you only live once. I mean, take a shot. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? You do it with class, you do it with grace. What's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. Every loss is a lesson, right? Mm. If, it, if it was a loss, if it didn't go the way, mm. you dropping some zingers. You dropping uh, talent will always trump cash. Mm. Uh, every loss is a, a, a lesson. I love that. So I want to get into your bucket list um, as we wrapping things up. This hour does sped by for me. I hope it's sped by for you and the viewers because we've been mm. chatting. Um, bucket list. So bucket list role. Is, what's the mm. role that in your dream you like? That's my dream role. Mm. Man, prop, just, I wouldn't even say 
because I don't think I'm right for the lead role, but the story of being at all a part of the, the telling the story of Toussaint Louverture, who, you know, pioneered the Haitian Revolution. Mm. Historically, the only successful slave revolt that ever happened. And mm. so I would like- Is that to, an Haiti? Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't think casting wise, I'd be the right person to play Toussaint, but if I could just play his cousin, or his friend, or his, you know, his his lieutenant, or something like that. Okay. Because so I, I, I know you a little yellow to be playing. You more on the Dominican Republic side of the island. Know, I, I was was Tucson. He was I can't remember if Tucson was biracial or not. I, I can't okay, remember. he might be. But I just know that there are a lot of lot of really wonderfully talented, uh, naturally born Haitian actors who I feel like should play that role. Um, okay. But I'm like, can I just play the cut? It's one of the cousins right. of, of best okay. friends. Okay. And shout out to Connie Hollis. She says, love you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Fellow cast member. She's part of the, uh, she's doing background on the shy. We love it. Look, what, what does she mean as background? I started off, I started off doing background work. Um, what does that mean? Like uh, Background actors, whatever you see a scene in there, people walking in the background, maybe they're employees at the Rock Center or customers at um, Smokey's. Okay, it's so like uh, an extra? Yeah, extra or background actors. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And I want to ask you about that since you said that as far as casting, what are your thoughts on that when you they get actors to play certain roles? Um, when they get like a British actor to play an American role or an American role to play a British, like how do you what is your what are your thoughts on that? Because it's a lot of talk when, especially like when a person does not look like the character they're playing, it's like this whole this whole big hoopla about it. So can you get some insight on that? Like, cause I right, wonder well, that too, like why did they pick someone who looks more like the person or what, you know? Yeah, what? I mean, sometimes I feel like it can be, it can be a huge challenge to find someone who looks like the person and can execute when it comes to the acting part of it. Mm. I feel like to me, the most important thing is to lean more towards acting than looks. I feel like you should find somebody who can, you know, you know, physically pretty much uh embody that person but i think more of the emphasis should be on the voice and and the acting performance like the, that one kid a kid he, actor who played um elvis in the most recent um mm -hmm. elvis movie i forget the name of i mean first of all incredibly talented and looks just like elvis to me that's mm -hmm. just like a, a happy miracle um <laughs> but as far as uh black british actors I don't have a major issue. I mean, I do feel like there is an inherent attraction to a Black British actor who can do a very convincing Black American sounding accent. Like when you see, mm. when everybody found out that uh, Idris Elba was actually British when they saw him on The Wire, they mm -hmm. were like, what? He, was right. so he just seemed like he would be a brother from Philly or something like right. that. So I feel like there is a component of it that feels very, how, how would I say it? I would say uh, people are very impressed to find out uh, that a, a Black actor can have a natural British accent, but also do a Black American urban accent. So I feel like mm. people, casting people, Directors are, you know, can be influenced by that and feel like, 
oh, that makes them more sought after or desirable. But I mean, I will I will say this: there is no black British actor working that I know of that doesn't have the chops already to go along with it. Mm -hmm. so, okay. Okay, and not to pick on British act actors. I was just using that as an excuse, y'all. Oh, but I know that that, that could be a controversial example. You know, yeah. sir, like um, David Ayala was playing Bass Reeves in a new series coming up. So mm -hmm. I know certain people feel a kind of way when a black British actor plays um, a black historical figure. They're like, can't you? And so I mean, but at the, at the beginning, yeah, the, the lady who played Whitney, I think it was a little backlash from the actress who played Whitney Houston. Okay, even, even though I. I I believe she's British, or I'm not sure if her nationality is not American, but she embodied Whitney's mannerisms to the T. Yeah. Like Whitney's she didn't really look like her. Whitney, but when I looked at the movie, when I watched the movie and saw the mannerisms and the way when she was singing and just, I was like, oh, she she really embodied Whitney. So I could see how the they go more on the talent. I definitely yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. So okay. So, okay, we got a few minutes, so I want to get back to the bucket list. Do you have a bucket list director you want to work with? Mm-hmm. Spike Lee. Okay. Of course. What about producer? Producer. Um, Reginald Hudlin. Ooh. I was, was re-watching Boomerang last night. Reginald Hudlin produced um, Boomerang. Yeah, he's produced a lot of oh, that's good. impactful um, black movies and television shows. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Reginald Hudlin, shout out to him. Um, okay, co-star. Let's put co-star. Hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Ooh. We could be brothers, right? Yeah. Brother. yeah. I both light skinned to did so. <laughs> he, but he he is a stellar actor though. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's he is a stellar actor. actor. I, I really yeah, he, he he is phenomenal. I love it. We, so we sat next to each other well, on saw, a flight about two weeks ago and I was just like just trying to play it cool, you know what I mean? But I had, to, I had to let him know how dope he was as an actor. Right. For sure. I'm sure. Okay. So tell us what you got coming up, Joel. And then tell us where people can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me on social yeah. media at Joel Damani Steingold. Um, I'm on, uh, I think I'm on, yeah, I'm on Facebook too. But Instagram is what I mainly use at Joel Okay. Damani that's J O E L D A M A N Y, N -Y. Steingold. NY. Yeah, okay. I, guess I, I probably should have put that in, in, in my in my name on, on this. Um, and what is coming up next is finishing shooting the uh, season six of The Shy. You can also watch me on the crossover on Disney Plus right now. No, what is that about? Right quick. Uh, it's based on a book by uh, Kwame Alexander. Uh, okay. New York Times bestselling young adult novel, and it's uh, about a uh, black family uh, that. Um, is, I mean, dealing with some healthcare challenges, a coming of age story as well. And uh, the series takes place in New Orleans. So there's some really cool black historical elements to the story as well. Love it. Okay. Okay. So we got to wrap up. I really appreciate you, Joel. 
Um, and you, so you have crossover up now. And then what else is next for you? We finishing up the shy. Please let the shy. I can't audition for anything because nothing's being written. <laughs> so it's just uh, some voiceover work coming up. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. I just want to give you your flowers. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you to everyone watching Soul TV. We will see you next week. Next week's guest will be Anthony and Dr. Latoya Thompson from Love and Marriage Detroit. Okay. So y'all tune in. Uh, speaking of reality shows, make sure y'all binge watch that one because it's, it's plenty of, of a lot of, yeah, a lot of craziness with that. So um, Joe, any last words you want to leave with our viewers? Man, live life without regrets. If you're in a relationship that you can't stand, you're in a job you can't stand, move in a direction that feels more fueled by your purpose and your passions. Ooh, I feel like you're talking to me. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, Ooh. we all get the same 24 hours. Listen, yes, touche, touche, touche. And just right quick, what is one tip you would give aspiring actor, an aspiring actor? Mm, I would... Um, Find a, find a movie that you love and look online to find the shooting script and watch that movie while going through the script hmm. to see the choices that actors make, to see the choices that the director made, the editor made, the camera person made, to get an idea how stories are built and put together. Hmm, interesting. Study the craft. Hone your craft. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you again, Joe. Thank you for everyone watching. And Joe, I, good luck to you. You always welcome back here on Rocky's Reality. I look forward to what you're doing next. And I'm going to have to check out the crossover. Please do. Well. And definitely make sure the shy is Fridays on Showtime and Paramount Plus. Yeah. What time? Oh, that's a good Well, it's available to stream on Fridays. Uh, okay. It actually airs on Showtime on Sunday. Oh, Sunday. My, I'm sorry. Yeah. My bad. Sunday. I should know what time, but I always stream it. So I don't know what time it comes on. It's around like nine-ish, I want to say. I think, right? yeah. I think, I think nine sounds about right. Right, right, right. Not everybody. I feel like everybody's streaming. But right, sure right. Exactly. You never watch. I don't watch anything live when it's on anymore, really. It's like I watch it afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, but okay, Joe. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for watching. And we will see you next week on Rockets Reality, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks again, y'all. Take care. Much love, y'all. All right.